Yeah, I'm like Neo now. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. That's Morpheus. Good morning, everyone. Jurassic Views, Bryce Diamond, Morning Devotions. Another long week for myself with Zaya away. Um, talking to the wall in my room again this morning. Uh, Y'all been gracious. Thank you for your encouragement notes. <laughs> uh, I'm glad Zaya is going to get some sun. It's going to have some fun. Uh, reconnecting with some friends. Uh, I'm always happy when my guy is taking care of himself and getting the chance to see other parts of the world, especially in a pandemic. Um, so let it be a message to you uh, through Zaya. Take care of yourself. Enjoy yourself. Um, you know, let the good times roll, as B.B. King said. Speaking of B.B. King... The Beale Street Blues boy, uh, his team, Memphis, the Grizzlies, were singing the blues on Beale Street last night after a 126-113 tide-turning game at home against the Toronto Raptors. This was a nice one for the Raps. And I don't know if you remember... Last year, when the Raptors went into Memphis, again, we only play Memphis once on the road. And here, uh, last year, sorry, uh, when we played them on the road, we got down. Things were a bit shaky. Uh, we had had that 2-8 and eight start. We were starting to build momentum. And this Raptors team had a monster second half, sparked by... Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, they were brilliant in that game. And the Toronto Raptors uh, really got on a roll. Um, I think they went to Milwaukee soon after that. It was either late January, early February. Could have been a late January game. And uh, yeah, they punished Memphis on the road. And here they were again, down 12 at the break struggling defensively, but I think there was a lot of transition baskets as well due to poor shooting and poor possessions that really uh, was a failure of uh, the forwards, not catching passes inside. Uh, Precious dropped one, Boucher dropped one, not making layups after good passes. Uta missed an easy one. Precious missed an alley-oop. Um... It, it, there were some tough moments in that first half offensively, and that gave the Grizzlies not only transition, but gave them a lot of confidence having just got a stop. And they were hot. They were hot early. And you get a Memphis team uh, at home, uh, a youthful Memphis team, uh, a team who just beat the Utah Jazz, and you thought, oh boy, you know they're going to be uh, riffing back and forth with each other. Uh, like a you know three six mafia 
uh, they're they're going to start playing off of each other uh, like a jazz band, and then the Raptors turn the tide. They turn the tables, uh, flipped them, flipped the tables on Beale Street, and made Memphis sing the blues. Um, for the Raptors, we were rolling and we let the good times roll. Uh, it was a it was a great game um, from the Raps in that second half. Precious Achua continues to make me believe. I said this in the preseason, but he continues to make me believe that he is the love child of Lisa Leslie and Hakeem Olajuwon. Uh, he made three threes last night. He was three four three last night. And he was part of a monster third quarter and really a, a monster second half. You go three from three for down from downtown and you're the fifth option on an offense? My gosh. He was also a plus 21, kind of Gary Trent Jr. type stuff. Um, he, was, he was excellent last night. Efficient, 7 for 11. Uh, hit the glass. Got into some foul trouble, but... Nick kept with them in the second half, and uh, that was big. Uh, Fred Van Vliet was okay in that first half, but John Morant definitely was the brightest star, um, definitely outplayed Fred Van Vliet, had a monster dunk on Chris Boucher, did uh, John Morant. And then Freddie kept it steady. Uh, unfortunately played 37 minutes. I think he still has a league high in minutes played uh, per minutes per game. But he, he made all kinds of big plays. Uh, he had seven assists, six rebounds. I just can't believe that this 5'10 man with probably a six-foot wingspan, nothing special, can get six rebounds. But he did. He had 23 points, 9 of 14 from the field, 3 for 7 from downtown. Freddie! Kept it steady, did it all as the point guard led this group. And my, oh my, that was a big turnaround. Gary Trent Jr. just ice in his veins, making shot after shot in that fourth quarter. He was 4-7 from downtown, uh, was a plus 13, much better than his minus 31 against Golden State. And as I said, after that Golden State game, Gary Trent Jr. will not be minus 31 for the rest of the season. Uh, he's had a good start here, <laughs> plus 13. He played 39 minutes. That's a lot of minutes. Gosh, that's a lot of minutes. Um, it was also a feel-good game. Uh, there was some popping collars last night because Yuta Watanabe returned. Yuta Watanabe returned. And didn't have the biggest offensive game. He's going to still find his shot. He missed a layup uh, yesterday. He'd want back. Uh, missed a three. He probably wants back. Three rebounds, two steals, two blocks. And a block on Dylan Brooks that just shook the Mississauga native. As one tweet uh, went out last night. Yuta Watanabe did something that few GTAers have done. He shut up and shut down Mississauga last night with that block on Dylan Brooks. Huge. Great highlight. Uh, if you didn't see the game or you missed the first half, watch that replay. 
Gosh, that was a big block. He played 14 minutes last night, took some Boucher minutes in that second half. Malachi Flynn, gosh, he, he was efficient. Nice punch off the bench. Six points, four assists. That's nice. You get a, a game like that from Malachi, uh, that's exactly what this team needs. Uh, Delano Banton chipped in. Four points, two assists, two rebounds. And I think they can play together. I'm not saying they'll play every night. Certainly when you get OG and Kembeck, who were out in the Memphis game, uh, that's going to shake up that bench. Um, but uh, yeah, they, they did all right. Spee, Goldeneye, two for four from downtown at eight points. He's got a steal. He's always looking to you know anticipate uh, the pass at the top of the key. Um, at that, that top of the three-point land and, and, and try and get into the passing lane and get on a dunk so he can get on the break so he can double-clutch dunk, which he loves to do. Um, but yeah, just an absolute blitz of a second half. And Memphis Grizzlies singing the blues. Uh, weird to see Steven Adams in some respects. I'm not sure... Steven Adams is a great fit anywhere, but I'm not sure that he was the best fit for this team either. Uh, I thought Jonas Valanciunas really was the better guy for this team, and I know there was some salary cap stuff that they wanted to take care of, um, but Steven Adams only played 20 minutes last night against a team with no real traditional center, certainly no big dude. I mean, even Isaac, uh, even Isaac Bonga wasn't even on the court. Six boards, two assists. He does pass the ball well. I will give him that. But he's not a guy that scores outside the paint. Only had two points. Was a minus three total. Uh, I'm not sure. Like Stephen Adams might be a guy they move. Um, Jaron Jackson was efficient, only shot eight points, which was odd, uh, only shot the ball eight times, which was odd, uh, 16 points off eight shots. Uh, Brandon Clark came in, played nice. Um, another Canadian, uh, four total Canadians touched the floor. There was a lot of maple syrup in Memphis last night. Uh, Ken Birch would have been the fifth guy, uh, who would have been uh, a Canadian who was on the floor. Um, he was on the sidelines, um, you know, sipping some Crown Royal or something, enjoying uh, the Canadian uh, roster. Nick Nurse was probably very proud to see all that Canadian content uh, hit the team that he coaches um, in the international game. Uh, but, but Brandon Clark was very efficient, 7 for 8, 16 points. Uh, Amari Stoudemire type numbers um, in the in in terms of efficiency, but uh, then the second half came. Jaron Jackson's uh, valve got shut off, um, and Dylan Brooks had had no rain uh, from downtown. He he was two of nine. Really struggled in the second half, and John Morant um, was brought back to earth. He had a such a great first half and then missed some free throws uh, in the fourth quarter. And this was a close game. Like, even though it was 67 
to 42 in the second half, even though the Raptors won by 13, 126 points, uh, with, with what, six, 37 minutes to go, the Raptors were down 111-107. They were down, sorry, 109-107 after a couple Kyle Anderson free throws. And from that point, they dominated this game. Uh, the Raptors even went cold for a couple minutes there uh, from the three-minute mark to the one-minute mark in the fourth. They went cold. It was 122-111. Uh, but Memphis got cold, too. They they just froze. The North just froze them. Um, but with the score 109-107, the Raptors outscored Memphis 15-4. 15 to 4 in their building in Memphis's building uh closed the night out on a 19-6 run I believe that's right 19 19 to 4 run to finish the game 15 4 um 15 to 2 run to really turn the game on its head from the six and a half minute mark till about the two and a half minute mark, it was incredible what the Raps were able to do. Um, yeah, really good, good feeling. Now, a uh, couple of things I saw in the league um, as I, as I tried it to do. Um, it's always nice to see rivals lose. It's always good to see some Eastern Conference teams lose, specifically against teams that we've lost to. Um, remember when we <laughs> blew it against Houston last year? Houston was like on a 20-game losing streak or something. And Houston uh, last night beat, again, this is like one of the worst teams, bottom three teams in the league. And Houston beat uh, the Chicago Bulls, who are very good. Beat them in Houston. And that was nice to see. Just that, you know, even the good teams, even teams with vets and, and all-star caliber players, they mess up. Uh, it was also good to see the Philadelphia 76ers, again, minus Joel Embiid still. But it was good to see them get roasted by the Golden State Warriors. Because we got roasted by the Golden State Warriors. Again, this is a Philadelphia team that has um, the likes of Seth Curry, got to play his brother last night. They had a good battle going on. Both of them scored in the mid-20s. They have Tobias Harris, who is the most ho-hum max player in the league, or at least a guy who makes 30 million plus. Again, you want to take shots at Pascal Siakam. And I realize you're taking shots at him because we won a championship recently. Annie was an all-star, a starter uh, in the all-star game in 2020. Uh, But Pascal Siakam does way more uh, in the game on both ends, especially as a playmaker, than than uh, Tobias Harris does. Pascal Siakam last night also, uh, just as a, on a Pascal note, had zero turnovers for all the touches he gets, all the attention he gets, zero turnovers. Good game from Pascal overall. Uh, also got to the line and made it count. Uh, which was good to see from Pascal. Um, didn't shoot a lot, 5 of 12, but got to the line 
and and made good on it, which is excellent to see. Uh, another game last night that uh, was fun to see and, and made me feel good about myself as a Raptors fan um, was Brooklyn thumping Boston in Boston. Jalen Brown was back. Uh, Marcus Smart and Dennis Schroeder played 36 minutes and they got shredded at home by Brooklyn. Uh, Harden had a very solid game as a point guard. Uh, Nick Wright being Nick Wrong because of his weird shots at James Harden. James Harden had 20 points, 11 assists, 7 rebounds. Give me a break. (laughs) That's a great point guard in a blowout game, just doing what he does best and and what you want from a a veteran point guard. Durant had 21, so he didn't go off. Uh, But Patty Mills and LaMarcus Aldridge uh, showed up with a big night. Um, Is it just me, or is there a little bit of 2004 Lakers vibes on, obviously, the Lakers this year, but also with with uh, the Brooklyn Nets. Patty Mills, um, you know, looking for a championship, similar to Gary Payton, um, and and LaMarcus Aldridge looking for a championship like Carl Malone. I think actually Patty Mills won a championship in, in 2014 uh, with the Spurs, but LaMarcus wasn't there yet, and, and he, hasn't, he hasn't won one yet, and he's chasing one like Carl Malone. I, hopefully... LaMarcus Aldridge is a better human than Carl Malone. Um, but yeah, this was, uh, this was nice from, uh, nice to see Boston, a team who's, you know, gets compared to Toronto a lot, has a 10 and nine record. Um, haven't, haven't really played that well. And I think they're doing some soul searching much like the Philadelphia 76ers, much like Kyrie Irving. Um, they are soul searching right now because this is Jalen Brown's sixth season in the league. This is Jason Tatum's fifth season in the league. Um, just like Siakam, Fred Van Vliet and OG Ananobi. Uh, but they have been all-stars multiple times, both of them were between our three guys drafted in those same two years. Uh, not an all-star be- uh, sorry, only one all-star appearance between them. Uh, OG Fred never been there. Uh, so it's always interesting to me when Boston is around the same, you know, has around the same record and they're really not looking like they're going to get back to the conference finals like they did in 2017, Jalen Brown's rookie year, 2018, Jason Tatum's rookie year, and 2020 in the bubble, which I think they got a little lucky from. Uh, not that they're not talented, uh, but this is a team that would have had to play Toronto four times in Toronto. Um, and likely the Raptors would have won that series in six, to be perfectly honest. Um, even with Pascal not playing great. He would have, because it would have been pre, you know, out, outside of a pandemic. But, uh, you know, they got a little lucky with the bubble. But kudos, they played well. They got to the conference finals. They lost to a Miami Heat team. And, and really, you know, they had Gordon Hayward, Hayward there. They had Kemba Walker. They really should have won that. 
they had the better team, just not the best leader, um, not the best coach. Sorry, Brad Stevens. Uh, you weren't you're, you weren't and aren't better than Spolstra. Um, Jimmy Butler is the best leader. Uh, sorry, Marcus Smart. Sorry, Kemba Walker. Uh, Jimmy Butler was the best player in that series as well. Um, Bam stepped up. So Boston's doing a lot of soul searching. Uh, you know, going back to Philly, without Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons' absence is that much bigger. It, there is <laughs> the elephant in the room just keeps getting bigger. Like it's like one of those star battleships, you know, um, st- <laughs> you know, spaceship battleships that you see at the beginning of a Star Wars movie. That's it's no longer an elephant in the room. That's what Ben Simmons' absence is. And what do you do? Whereas in Brooklyn, they just keep rolling. Four, 14 and 5, best team in the East. Uh, and I feel like they still have another gear or two that they haven't got to um, because it's the regular season and because no one's really pushing them. And I don't think they feel like anyone's at their level except Milwaukee. Uh, Milwaukee has won five in a row with Chris Middleton back. Uh, they will get Brooke Lopez back if they haven't already. But, um, you know, Brooklyn, I think, feels like they can they can take their time, uh, you know, work on a number of defensive schemes, work on uh, moving the ball offensively, uh, and, you know, get, get some guys hot, get, get some chemistry built with Aldridge and Patty Mills. But... Brooklyn doesn't look like they're missing Kyrie all that much. Um, now, you get to the, you know, the latter half of the season, um, and you get into the playoffs. Yeah, you'll want Kyrie Irving. Of course you will. Um, and Kyrie will be razor focused. And there's part of me that thinks that Kyrie will come back around the All Star break, uh, maybe just before, maybe just after, and he'll turn it up. But uh, when you, when you look at the the rest of the league and what's going on with Boston, with the Sixers, uh, with the Bulls, as a Raptors fan, I don't feel so bad. Um, this is the youngest team. When you take away Goran Dragic from the team, take any team's oldest guy, we are the most inexperienced team. They had this stat up during the broadcast. We've played the least amount of NBA games in the league when you take Goran Dragic off our team. We're third, if Dragic is on our team, we've played the third uh, least amount of games in the NBA. And I think we have the seventh youngest team, sixth or seventh youngest team in the league. You take Goran Dragic off, and I think we, we're in the, the bottom three uh, or in the top three youngest teams in the league. So uh, this is a team that's finding out that it's hard uh, out in the NBA. It's hard out here being a rook. Uh, Delano feels it. Uh, so too does Scotty Barnes. Uh, Malachi is still a rook in a lot of ways because of the weird year he had last year. We didn't get any 905 run really. Uh, it was cut short for many reasons, pandemic related and injury related for the Raps. Uh, and the Raps are nine and ten. Uh, I said they'd be 11 and 10 through through 21, which is when I thought Pascal would come back. Um, through 21 games. We're 9 and 10. Uh, we've had lots of injuries. 
and yet we're seven and four on the road. We've won seven games on the road. And it's just a matter of time before we really get relaxed at home and confident and comfortable at home and we turn it up and and that's exciting stuff um so seeing them come back against a team that that was feeling good about themselves uh after a, a big win in in utah with uh jaron jackson jr hitting a three in the dying seconds uh that's a good win take it build on it and hopefully against Indiana, where we've won this season. Hopefully we can sweep the season series as we also beat them in Toronto uh, quite easily. Uh, Indiana, uh, tomorrow night, will have all their guys back. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon is is back healthy. Karis LeVert has been healthy. And uh, they got some good players. I, I, I always feel like something is lacking with this Pacers team. Um you know, in a lot of ways, they're they're in terms of their roster makeup. Um, in a lot of ways, have some similarities to to Memphis. Just some parts don't fit. But there's also like, uh, you know, some weird vibes around this team because they've had two coaches that they fired, and I don't know if that's an you know a head office thing, an executive branch issue. Um, but how this team isn't better. They're eight and twelve. Um, how they're not better, I just can't understand. Karis Levert uh, only had ten points last night in the, in a game against the Lakers where it went to overtime. Um, they made some poor decisions on on LeBron James down the stretch um, and in overtime uh, that I have no clue what they're thinking. It looked like LeBron versus the Raptors in the 2017 and the 2018. Uh, playoffs, especially that 2018 one where we just let him ISO and hit shots on OG. Uh, it's amazing that OG <laughs> got stronger from that. He was like Bane bouncing back <laughs> from that series. He was formed in the darkness. Gosh, there were a lot of OG out on an island against one of the top players of all time, top three players of all time. Uh, my goodness. But uh, we'll see what we do. We, we'll see what we can do in Indiana. It would be great. It would be great to keep this going, keep the good feelings rolling, um, and and get a third win on this road trip, go 3-3 three and three on the road trip, and go 10-10 and 10 for the season, get back to the 500 mark. Uh, if we can do that, and we get back home for some home cooking uh, with OG and Kem, and have a full lineup for the first time this year uh, with Yuta coming back. Um, man, that would be great. This team's got depth. We've talked about it already. Many people have. But it'd be really good to see all those guys get back. Anyways, here's hoping. Fingers crossed. Um, hopefully, it's not as wet where you are as it is in Ottawa. Um, hopefully, you got the, the winter clothing out because it's getting cold uh, here in Canada, especially uh, in eastern Ontario. So keep warm, uh, try and get some sunshine, and uh, we'll, we'll check back in with you post-game against the Indiana Pacers. All right, y'all. Peace. Jurassic Views is an independent podcast 
written and produced, sometimes freestyled and piecemeal put together by Bryce Diamond and Zaya Quiena. Special thanks to our artists, those who have elevated the podcast, Dana Smart for her visual art, and to John Corbin for his musical genius. Thank you.